Welcome back to Maury's Music. My name's Maury Rutsch. And I'm Spoon Phillips. And we have a lot to talk about. Today's subject is the Martin Artist Editions, or is it the Signature Models, or what the heck are these even called? Let me welcome my resident expert, Spoon Phillips is here. How you doing, Spoon? I'm doing very well, thank you. Uh, it's always fun to talk about these unique guitars that were made in collaboration with famous artists. And I always call them signature models. Like a lot of people, they've never officially been known at Martin as signature models. These days, a, a custom artist edition is what they would call them if they're made in the custom shop. And uh, they don't even tend to label them anymore as a particular type of guitar. They're just all put inside the limited and special edition corral, as it were, or series. Well, I'd like to call this episode a special edition. And if you're listening out there, this is brought to you by you. We put a post up on YouTube last week asking you which signature model, artist edition, blah, 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 would you like to listen to? And we're going to try to hit some of those key points today. So thank you very much for all of your support. And if you've been following this podcast, we definitely hope you get some enjoyment and maybe even some education out of today's episode. Let's begin with one of my favorite models. And when I say that, it's because I've sold a ton of them. The Martin 0028 Eric Clapton might be the most recognizable artist edition. I wonder if you feel the same way, Spoon. I think so, uh, partially because of its amazing longevity. And uh, Chris Martin, CF Martin IV, doesn't keep things in the lineup if they don't sell. And they never expected this guitar to have the amazing lifespan that it has. And because a lot of people like it, and many people love it, and it's a, a very successful Martin guitar that is a, almost a dinosaur compared to everything else in the lineup in terms of the specs. I wonder if anybody listening to this show doesn't know who Eric Clapton is. Um, it's possible these days. We all know the apocryphal stories of the teeny boppers who didn't know Paul McCartney was in another band before Wings. And now there's lots of teeny boppers who don't know who Paul McCartney is at all. So, um, <laughs> but uh, Slowhand, EC, G-O-D, as he was often referred to in his days with Cream during the 60s uh, in graffiti. You know, whether you're a fan of his music, know his music very well or not, there's no denying the uh, 0028 EC is a very, very excellent world-class professional level acoustic guitar. For those who are not that familiar with it, it is a short scale triple O and like the traditional triple O's, it is inspired by a couple or three 1930s triple O's that Eric Clapton owned and played. They originally made the, what you would, I know if you call it the first artist model, the OM28 Perry Bechtel was probably the first uh, real artist model. That was the, the, uh, famous back then artist who off ordered a special Martin with a long neck that became uh, the prototype for the first 14 fret orchestra models. But the Clapton came out not long after that. Everybody who's anywhere near our age remembers M MTV Unplugged and what a huge boon that had for acoustic music, getting all of these famous uh, rock and rollers um, and even jazz artists and stuff to come on television and play acoustic instruments. And Eric Clapton's performance is now, of course, legendary. They made a uh, very short limited edition Brazilian Rosewood triple uh, O 42 and then a triple O 28. And then they made an Indian Rosewood production run 42 and an Indian Rosewood production run 28 which is still with us today. So the current 0028 EC, that's not a replica of the guitar he played on Unplugged? That's true. None of them were real replicas. They, uh, they have had modern construction that eventually became the specs of the, of the vintage series. So um, though the, those originals did have Brazilian Rosewood back and sides, what he actually played was a 1939 0042 and a what had been a triple O twenty eight that then had aftermarket pearl added to it to turn it into 
uh, something that looks more like the modern day 00042. And I don't remember if he played in a Herringbone 28 on the show or not, but today's guitar has his signature. But what it has in terms of vintage features that were basically not used at Martin at the time, it has a one and three quarter inch modified V-neck that is arguably one of the most comfortable V-necks Martin's ever made, partially because of the short scale. It has the bold herringbone around the edge of the top that was eventually used in the vintage series. It has a herringbone rosette, which is actually taken from vintage style 21. And of course, mm. Dick Boak helped design this thing and they wanted it to look, you know, they wanted it to look unique. They didn't want it to look exactly like herringbone 00028. So they gave it the herringbone rosette. So it's double herringbone on the top. It had a, uh, a vintage or age toner on the top that's now been replaced. Everybody who remembers the old Claptons used to talk to them about the vintage series as having the pumpkin orange tops. That, uh, and I've seen many vintage Martins that look exactly like that, but compared to a modern white top, people thought it looked a little too orange. So now they have a, a, a toner called Antique. It's not quite so orange, but it's still different than the toner that they put on the standard series. Uh, it has diamonds and squares fretboard, long pattern diamonds and squares fretboard markers like a 1930, late 30s 00028 would have. It's got the zigzag backstrip that was used in the 30s. It's got scallop bracing. And remember, this was a time when the 00028 of that era didn't have scallop bracing. The 00028 and 00018 were the only triplos. Neither of them had scallop bracing. Neither of them had a tortoise pick guard. They all had white dots. They uh, had jet black binding on the 18 and jet white binding on the 28. So the Clapton, the Clapton had vintage open back tuners when the regular standard guitars had the closed back tuners. So Martin has caught up to that look. So now all of the 28s in the, in the standard series look a lot like the Clapton, except for that very cool herringbone rosette. So scalloped five 16th inch bracing, Sitka spruce top, Indian rosewood back and sides. They always have very good wood, uh, good looking wood on these guitars, comfortable V-neck. The, the 1930s, you know, script logo that's now again on the, you know, has been incorporated into the Vincent series, all very cool stuff. You could arguably say the standard series 00028 and the Clapton are the same guitar, except for the wider V-neck, because there's, they are similar now. They have the same bracing, they have the same woods, they have the same herringbone, ex again, except for the rosette. And they, uh, but the 28 has the modern day style 28 backstrip that uh, came into use in the late 1940s. But otherwise they're very close. So, uh, but they're both, they're great. And similar to Maury's OM 28 V from the vintage series, which is sort of the long scale version of the Clapton with slightly thinner bracing, you can play the stuffings out of these things. They're, <laughs> they're meant to be extremely versatile. You can play them like a dreadnought. You can finger style. Yeah. Uh, really great for lead guitar playing. So I totally understand why they are so popular today. And we're taping this program in the summer of 2022, but if there's any chance you're listening to this show and you have an opportunity to look at a pre-2018 00028, maybe new old stock or just a used guitar on the market, before 2018, the 00028 was built a little bit more rigid and had non-scallop bracing. So if you're looking at something a little bit older than this show, you might find more stark differences between the Clapton and those 28s. But what Spoon said about the current standard series, Martin did pretty much catch up. And I'd like to point out something. I want to correct the record. In the 1990s, I had posted online uh, mentioning uh, an Eric Clapton model that I had played at a New York City guitar store. And I said it sounded like it had a sweatshirt stuffed in it. And um, that as they say these days, went viral. And in no way was I saying the model, it sounded like the, that model sounded like it had stuff. It was that particular guitar. It had very old strings. It had been sitting there and played for a very long time. Um, people who are familiar with Martin guitars know that Sitka and Indian Rose was a very dark, woofy wood, uh, wood combination. So it was not, 
It was in no way meant to be, and it actually kind of led to an online reputation for those guitars, you know, not being resonant or not being a this or that. And so I'm setting the record straight that I do like that model. I actually played one in Pennsylvania at this little store called Maury's Music um, in recent weeks that was an absolute <laughs> dream to play. And I really, uh, that the Clapton that you had in stock, I don't know if you still have it, but boy, that was, uh, that was a good one. Yeah, but it is funny how the reputation followed. If you really talk to a lot of people who follow Martin Guitars online, I bet the Eric Clapton is the one that has the most sketchy reputation for being very inconsistent. I've actually had people call me up and they aren't afraid to buy a D28. They're not afraid to buy an HD28, but they would never buy a Clapton without playing it first because you know they are all so different. And I spend so much time on the phone saying, wrong, it's not true, it's not fair for me to tell anybody what they hear and what they don't hear, but I'm really tired of other people typing things online that leads other people who are just discovering Martin guitars to just believe as fact. You just cannot buy a Clapton without playing it first because they're so wildly different. I just, I mean, my opinion is only my own, but I really, really feel strongly against that because I see so many Claptons come through and I mean, of course, in 2022, it's not very often that we have two of the same model in stock at the same time. But three, four or five years ago, we certainly would have three on the shelf. And when that conversation would come up, I would make sure I'd make time the next day at work to pull all three of them down. And instead of believing my own memory, play them again and see what they sound like. And, you know, of course, in our inventory really being unplayed stuff here, the, the strings are fresh. The guitars often were built a few months apart. You don't have to be that afraid of the Clapton. If you come from the point of view that you're really nervous about buying guitars online in general, that's a different topic. But please don't feel that the Eric Clapton is one specific model that is just too dangerous to trust sight unseen because I don't feel that's the truth. Yes, I, I totally agree. And you mentioned fresh strings. I think that's where a lot of the reputation comes. That particular guitar I played clearly had dead strings and had sat there collecting dust and just needed, and needed to wake up and needed fresh strings. I think a lot of people who post online go into guitar shops and particularly in big cities, these big box stores and play guitars with dead strings. And even though Martin is now using treated strings to ship with, they still don't. They still don't last forever. And when you get ten thousand different people with different body chemistry in their perspiration, it's very quick. Uh, strings can you know die very quickly in in those kind of uh, large shops. So, but anyway, this is not. This show is not just about the Eric Clapton model. The Eric Clapton model kicked off the the signature model idea. Martin for many years, Martin refused to do artist models. Certainly through the era up into Fred Martin, C.F. Martin III, and they would never give them away. They're, they had many famous people saying they would be happy to play a Martin guitar in front of all these audiences if they only got one for free, and they would never do that. So what happens with these signature models now, beginning with uh, Eric Clapton and going forward, they get one guitar and a uh, portion of the profits of the sale of that particular model goes to a charity of their choice. And his charity is the Substance Abuse Treatment Center in, I think, Antigua in the Caribbean, where he uh, was cured of his heroin addiction. But every artist picks a charity of their choice. And all of these models, when you buy one, proceeds go to that charity. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head which charities are, are uh, connected to the models we're talking about today. But uh, certainly one of the other most popular signature models that, like the Clapton, was never expected to become a regular model year in and year out is the OMJM, the John Mayer artist model. Ah, you are correct, sir. Let's talk about the OMJM and John Mayer in general. The OMJM is unique to me because it's got an Engelman top. And we talked a few minutes ago about the Eric Clapton versus the popular Triple O 28, the OM 28s. When you're looking at something like a John Mayer, this is the guitar you need if you want one and 11 sixteenths at the nut and an Engelman top in the OM style with roses back and sides. You can't go anywhere else in the Martin catalog and get these features put together. Let's talk about this for a while, Spoon. What do you think of the OM Jam? I think it's a surprisingly uh, successful model. I played the, that same day, I played the Clapton. I played the a, a OMJM that you had. People who are familiar with John Mayer 
may know that he's a fan of Engelman Spruce. Engelman is from the uh, North America, Western North America, and is uh, different than Sitka and Adirondack. It is a it has very like precise trebles and precise top notes that's sort of like Adirondack, but it's a softer wood in terms of its density. So you get this kind of background glow to it that you don't hear in those other woods. And it takes a little while for that to come out, break in. But as it ages, it gets more and more complex harmonically and, and quite beautiful. But he's had it on almost all of his signature models. He's had more signature models than I think any artist and Engelman has been on, I know it's on the D45, and I know it's been on a, a couple of his other signature models. He really likes that combination. Uh, again, Dick Bolk uh, turned him on to that wood. I don't remember if this is true or not, but I think Dick may have reminded him that Bob Dylan would order, order his custom Martins with Engelman, and that might have had something to do with Mayer saying, okay, I'll try that. Yeah, so Indian Rosewood OM with an Engelman spruce top. It's based on his old OM28V. That was his go-to acoustic for many years until they made the limited edition signature model. And that's uh, the same model that uh, Mari Rich plays today that you will, if you ever see any videos of Mari performing online, he's often playing that old favorite, favorite guitar of his. But again, Sitka and Engelman, different kind of sound, though similar. And you pointed out the big difference. It's got a 111 16th inch low profile neck. That's because Mayer grew up playing electric guitars. And when they said, we want to do a signature model for you, he said, okay, but I want a, you know, I want a lower, flatter, uh, narrower neck. So they did that. Also got his signature on the fretboard. It does not have as many fancy, unusual inlays as the old original signature model did, but it's uh, still you know, clearly a unique looking guitar. It has the same antique toner that the Eric Clapton model does on the spruce top, but because of the species of spruce, they look different. Engelman, with that toner, has a very butterscotch, yellow sort of look to it, and um, sort of creamy butterscotch look, and the Clapton is a little little orangey, a little darker, but actually it's the same toner. And Engelman also has a very small grain, so it looks like a very smooth top almost like it's been you know covered over the, so you can't see the grain but it's that's actually not what it is it's just because that's the way Engelman looks so uh, very pretty musical voice in a long scale OM uh, quarter inch scallop bracing just like the standard OM28 and a uh, very popular guitar not just for John Mayer fans and I'd like to give our listeners an opportunity to read our minds if you would dare and you <laughs> That's probably a scary thought for most people that know us, but I'm going to bring up one more important point. We talked about the Clapton now versus the Mayer. There's one specifically gigantic difference between the construction in the Triple O 28 Clapton and the John Mayer. And in five seconds, Spoon's going to tell you exactly what that is. Five, four, three, two. This is unrehearsed. One. The John Mayer model is made with the simple dovetail neck joint. Unlike the <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. No, please, please, thank you, thank you. Um, yes, and the Clapton has the traditional full-sized, hand-carved, hand-fitted dovetail neck joint. Uh, the Mayer originally had the old M&T neck joint that they still use in the Mexico models. It was very much a cost-cutting measure. They knew that younger guitarists were going to be attracted to that signature model. So in that era, there were several artist models around that time that got the M&T neck joint because it costs Martin a lot less to make that guitar and allowed them to keep the price down, but it definitely affects the sound of the guitar. Um, those M&T guitars have a very modern sound. Um, I'm not going to say they sound exactly like Taylor's and Huss and Dalton's and those kind of guitars, but they sound more along that line. They don't have that sort of thick, throaty undertone to the same extent that you get with the full dovetail neck joint. But simple dovetail neck joint, different animal entirely, much better connection than the M&T. Uh, now has a solid neck block, which the old M&T did not have. It's definitely a superior piece of uh, joinery. So there's very little, and a lot of people will argue 
at Martin and outside of Martin that you don't hear the difference. I think I do hear the difference. I still don't think, I still think those top notes are a little more separated from the undertone, which isn't a bad thing for people who think a lot of uh, Rosewood Martin sound too, too thick or muddy for their ears, but that is a major difference. And uh, you can also look at it this way that the mayor, if they actually use the hand fitted dovetail neck joint, um, which takes the longest of any uh, process making the guitar and requires them the, the uh, highest paid workers, the mayor would cost significantly more if it was made with the traditional dovetail. And we talked briefly about the uh, Eric Clapton having a reputation online. Early versions of the OMJM, as you mentioned, with the M&T neck, used to be called, quote unquote, a glorified 16 series, because technically... You can get a 16 series Martin guitar with the M&T neck joint. It was probably a slightly lesser expensive version of an acoustic electric. And the way that it was built, if Mayer's name wasn't on this guitar, it would have been another version of a 16 series. But that's kind of a dig. And I wonder what you think about that, especially now that it's changed to simple dovetail. Well, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely more different now than it would have been back then. Though even back then, the level of the woods were much higher. Uh, quality, you know, they were definitely standard series or even style 40 level woods, if I remember. Um, yeah. And um, it's also the Clapton also got nowadays they don't they don't have as many like grades for Rosewood. You know, they basically have two, the one that goes on 42s and 45s and everything else. But they still obviously are hand, you know, when they're going through the stacks and stuff, they're finding a piece of wood that looks good to them. And the other thing now is that the 16s also have the simple dovetail neck joint, and they have clearly been upgraded, in my opinion, compared to the 16s from the 1990s and early 2000s in terms of uh, the wood use, the binding, the, you know, I mean, just basically everything I think is better quality. But I don't think the Mayor is a 16 series. Uh, for one thing, the 16 series Bracing is all now basically carved by robots and then finished by humans. And I'm pretty certain that the mayor still gets, you know, the, the actual artisan with the, with the knife uh, and the chisel like they do in the standard series. But you're also paying for the celebrity name. You know, I know people are against signature models for that very reason. When I bought my Lawrence Trooper signature model back in the day, I was completely underfamiliar with Lawrence. I didn't meet him. And, you know, I met Lawrence maybe a year after I bought that guitar. And actually, the guitar kind of led me to listening to his music, which I'm very happy about. But I, it wasn't about the person at all. It was about the great guitar. And there's many artist signature models over the years that that certainly qualifies. And I think all of them today fit that. These are very, very good guitars. And so there's plenty of people who would play and mayor and buy it purely on how it sounds, how it feels, how it looks, and not really care about the uh, connection to John Mayer. Well, that's a good point. And we're talking about the John Mayer. We're talking about the Triple O 28 Eric Clapton. If in 2022, you wanted to take some design aspects from each of those guitars, maybe name it after someone else, maybe name it after somebody <laughs> I can't pronounce, what would you call it? <laughs> I would call it the Triple O 28 Brooke Liggertwood. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Yes. Uh, for those who are unfamiliar with Brooke, you might have heard of her with her maiden name, which was Frazier, Brooke Frazier. Only her more recent uh, releases have been under her married name, Liggertwood. Uh, she's a very interesting person. She's uh, from New Zealand. She was actually born in Fiji. She is a, a faith music, you know, worldwide faith music, basically superstar. And Martin is honoring her with a signature model. She was a big fan of the Eric Clapton model, the Triple O 28 EC. So she wanted something uh, along those lines. So, but the powers that be at Martin and the artist worked together to come up with a, a unique signature model that, as you put it, is kind of a cross between the Clapton and the mayor. It has a Engelman spruce top. It has the 516th bracing, scallop bracing of a Clapton. It has a 1 and 11 16th inch nut width like a mayor, but it's got a modified V profile like the Clapton. And it has 
a abalone rosette like the mayor, but unlike both of them, it's got very beautiful, highly flamed European maple binding, but it is unique. Uh, when they were first starting to make this, somebody, Martin, described it to me as as like the Clapton, but obviously it's fancier than the Clapton in terms of the cosmetics, and it's got an Engelman spruce top. So that makes it, in my mind, not like the Clapton uh, in some important ways. And I bet you if Eric Clapton and John Mayer ever met, they would design this guitar for Martin. But sadly, they have never met, and I'm sure of that. That was a stupid joke. Of course, they've met many times. <laughs> but I can't be sure that they've ever met Brooke. So. Yes. Yeah, well, that's entirely possible. Um, I'm not that familiar with her career. I don't know how often she's been to Europe and to the United States. But uh, being a Kiwi <laughs> resident, anyway. But she is hugely popular uh, within that music scene. And, uh, and she's got a very cool little signature on her signature model guitar if people want to look that up. It's also interesting, at least the, uh, the photos that I see on, online of the, the one they used to make the photos, the Engelman uh, actually has pretty wide grain, and I think that's kind of fascinating. So I'd be really interested in playing one of these, but every time I've been to the factory, they have not had one finished that hasn't already been shipped off. So, so I've never actually got to see one in person yet. And before we get off of that train of thought, one more similarity from the Brook to the uh, Eric Clapton, it also is offered in a sunburst. Oh, that's correct. Yes, it is. And it is, what do they call it? Do they, because nowadays some models, they just call it a sunburst. No, it actually has the 1935 sunburst, which is the same as the Clapton. So there again, it's basically looks like the Clapton with, in terms of the sunburst, but it looks like the mayor in terms of the rosette. It does not have herringbone trim, but it doesn't have... It doesn't have a normal ply trim that you would see on a 28 either. So, and I'm not sure exactly where it came from. Maybe it uh, was inspired by the original mayor. I don't remember. But it does have the diamonds and squares pattern like you get on the Clapton. The mayor actually has little micro dot dots, which I think is interesting because they used those on the old OM21 in the 1990s. So I think that's a pretty interesting choice for mayor to want the smaller uh, smaller fretboard markers. But anyway, yes, another very cool, interesting guitar. All three of these guitars that we talked about so far all have the auditorium body size, whether it's a triple O or an OM, which is short for orchestra model, it's the exact same body size. Uh, in the old days, it was easier to tell them apart because triples, triple O's were always short scale and OMs were always long scale. That changed in the 1990s and the 2000s when what you call below the standard series triple uh, O's became long scale because that was the industry standard. But now Martin is pulling anything back with a triple O. I think with the exception now of the 15 series, anything uh, with a triple O made in Nazareth, which should be a short scale 24.9. And uh, the OM gives you the long scale, a little more string tension. You have to play them a little harder to get the same amount of projection, well, no, I'm sorry, not projection volume, but they project better. With, they usually have quarter-inch bracing. Not every OM has quarter-inch bracing, but they're otherwise similar, and short-scale, long-scale is really the main difference. Hope you guys are paying attention and taking notes, because Spoon is dropping truth bombs on you guys. That is the Brook <laughs> L, and thank you very much, David, for the suggestion. Uh, yes, indeed. Yeah, I, I look forward to playing one of these one of these days. I think it's time to bring out the... Uh, the big gun for the for Big John and bring out a dreadnought for all these people that are sitting around drumming their fingers saying, when are they going to talk about a dreadnought on this show? <laughs> now, it's time. Let's talk about the JC. We did the triple O 28 EC, the OMJM. Uh, let's keep the uh, initials going, especially if I can't pronounce somebody's last name. The D35 JC. Tell me all about it. Well, once upon a time in a previous century... A baritone from Nashville approached the Martin Company saying, I would like a black guitar. And of course, that was Big John Cash, Johnny Cash. And Mr. Martin said, no. And, um, <laughs> and Mr. Cash's people said, I'm sorry. And Mr. Martin says, we don't make black guitars. 
And everybody was a bit surprised by this, except if you were at Martin. Uh, this was still at time. Fred Martin, C.F. Martin III, very conservative guy, uh, had very little interest in modern celebrity marketing and things like that. And then the company went ahead and made the guitar behind his back anyway. And he literally never knew this until he was watching the Johnny Cash show, because he was a Johnny Cash fan, and saw Johnny Cash's black D35. <gasps> and then the cat was out of the bag. The cash was out of the bag, you could say. <laughs> and uh, so it's true. They did make a D35 in black for Big John with a voice as, you know, as deep and rumbling as his. And uh, then they eventually made a signature model based on it or an artist, custom artist model or however you want to put it. And the guitar we have available today that's in the regular lineup of Martin guitars is based on that. That model had fancier inlays. I think it had big stars like on the fretboard and stuff. The one today is basically an HD35 in black, black top, back, sides, neck, and a top made of Engelman spruce. So here we have the third signature model mentioned so far today <laughs> that has a top of Engelman spruce. This time it's in a dreadnought. Uh, again, very musical wood, um, very leapy, leaping trebles, and very pretty sounding. And again, as those tops age, then they, the complexity really starts to come out of them. I call it a, I've, for many years, I referred to it as a pastel glow. It's almost like like a, on a misty night where you see the glow around uh, street lamps or that kind of stuff. That's the sort of sound I hear from Engelman in terms of what radiates out of that body resonance. It's not as dark. It's not as powerful as Sitka in that, you know, punch you in the face way. And it's not as dry and punchy as you get from Adirondack. It's uh, it's its own thing, and it's a very cool looking guitar. And Martin, you know, they they occasionally make black guitars, uh, unlike a lot of makers out there who put them out all over the place. This is really the only uh, truly professional level black Martin available. And like I said, it's a it has the it looks like an HD thirty five. It's got the double zigzag back strip, which was never a part of the old thirty five three piece backs. That's something that came in uh, when the HD thirty five appeared, and um, looks super super cool. And I don't remember. I'm sorry, I haven't seen one of these in person in a long time. A zigzag back strip is usually gold. And for some reason, I'm remembering the cash as being silver, but I might be completely misremembering that. Maybe it just kind of looks that way because of the black back. But still, very attractive instrument. And I think it too also has a uh, pearl rosette, but it looks different than other guitars because of that black background. So it may be exactly the same rosette you get on the 41 and 42 and 45, but it doesn't look that way to my eyes because of the because the black just makes it uh, different um, in my eyes. Yeah, so if you like the D35 and the HD35, and you're a big fan of Johnny Cash, and you love fingerprints, <laughs> you've got to consider the D35 Johnny Cash. It's amazing. Yeah, they the, the uh, <laughs> anything, all sunburst tops, all that, they're fingerprint magnets. You just have to, you just have to, you know, put up with that and wipe, you know, wipe them down and all that. But yeah, so for people who are unfamiliar uh, with an HD35, this has scallop bracing. The D35 does, has non-scallop bracing, but they're also quarter-inch bracing. Most dreadnoughts have 5 16th-inch bracing. So it's kind of like, it makes the top more flexible. It gives it a different sound. People refer to the special round base of a D35 and think it's the three-piece back. It's actually the bracing that is probably the cause of the unique voice. Very, very precise top notes trebles and big round bass and some air behind the voice, some space. But then you scallop those braces and you're basically getting a supercharged. It's like adding a supercharger or a turbo to that soundboard, having quarter inch scallop bracing on a top that wide. So it is a very complex, very, very, stunning voice really when you're sitting there and you strum one of these big big uh 
three-piece backed scallop quarter-inch braced red knots. And we don't have it queued up for today's discussion, but Martin has also released a DX Johnny Cash, which is the X-Series HPL version of a very similar model. And if you have any questions about either of those instruments, please contact us at support at marismusic.com. Yeah, that's a good point. They're the X-Series. Of course, it's not the same guitar, but it certainly looks cool. And it's also an acoustic electric guitar. You know, it's good for stage. That's one of the nice things about the X-Series is that you don't get the feedback problem you often get out of solid wood instruments. So it's definitely a, a much more affordable option to have Martin on the headstock and Cash on the fretboard and a black dreadnought. So Spoon, I have a question for you. When was the original D35 Johnny Cash? That would have come out 2006, like two or three years after he passed away. The edition was actually created uh, with Roseanne Cash's daughter. She has her own signature model. It's not available anymore, but it's a, it's a, a very fine OM. But yeah, so it was 2006 that that came out. The X series version is only, only came out two, three, four years ago. I don't remember now. I don't remember if you remember off the top of your head. But yes, and that original guitar, uh, which was originally called a D42 Johnny Cash, that goes much farther back. So it was, that had been out years and years ago. And I think we're talking 1997, probably, when that came out. So it had Style 42 Pearl, it had the stars on the fretboard, but it still had a three-piece back uh, in honor of his D35 that he loved so much. Well, 1997 isn't all that far back. I've got another guitar on my mind that actually harkens back to, I don't know, maybe the 50s. What would you do if I asked you to talk about a 1954 D28 and a 2022 D28 that it inspired? I'd say you're talking about the D28 Rich Robinson. How's that for answering my own trivia question? Because I was going to mention that at the beginning of the program and forgot to do that. But um, Hey, if you have some really fun trivia questions that are just in your mind the whole time, you don't have to share them with anybody. <laughs> That's your business. I can just tell you that happens all the time. But uh, <laughs> yeah, now, uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar, uh, Rich Robinson uh, has written almost all of the Black Crows' biggest songs and hits and wrote almost all of them on the 1954 D28 that had belonged to his father. And his father was uh, a player of what they used to call hillbilly music and what they today called roots music and performed in the Grand Old Opry and was a touring professional musician in multiple acts over the years. And he basically bequeathed the D28 to his professional musician son and this is a, a, a very special custom artist edition. This is a custom artist edition, meaning it was made in the custom shop. And this is the first time that Martin has taken the aging system that they use in the authentic series to make an artist signature model. What do you mean by that? What they have done is they've taken Rich Robinson's actual D- 28 from 1954, and they have recreated it the way they recreate the authentic series. So the neck, the 1 and 11 16th inch neck, the 2 and 8 string spacing, is as close as possible an exact reproduction of his V-ish neck from 1954. It's not a pointy V like on the old Hank Williams model or on the Chris Martin 1955 birthday model it's bigger than that it's a it's a classic full thickness martin neck particularly when you get up it's up the frets very beefy neck even though it's a 1 and 11 16th inch so it doesn't feel skinny in any respects compared to like more modern day 1 and 11 16th inch necks it is uh indian rosewood and sitka spruce of course because of you know they're not going to use brazilian rosewood now because it's an endangered species and is very expensive, but it does have 1954 bracing. It has rearward shifted non-scalloped bracing. And uh, that means that the X brace is farther back from the sound hole and closer to the bridge plate than the modern forward shifted bracing 
But most of you know that the forward shift of bracing is actually based on the 1930s. Around 1959, 1960, that rearward shift of bracing was brought forward a little bit. So this is farther back. It has uh, non-scallop bracing. So this is a replica of a 1950s bluegrass cannon. This thing is enormous volume, enormous power, very, very defined notes. It doesn't have a lot of that echoey wallowing around reverb that you get from scallop bracing and particularly forward shifted scallop bracing. It is a very uh, distinct, punchy top voice that will cut through mixes of instruments very well, whether it's uh, being amplified or going through, uh, uh, just going through the air. And then we get to the aging part. They have taken his guitar and they have reproduced every scrape, scratch, ding, and, uh, and uh, finish wear of his original guitar. So I love up around the uh, first and second position, you can see where his dad and Rich's thumb has worn down the finish and, and um, that sort of thing. So I know not everybody's into these relicking eyed things, but this is meticulously done. Uh, the Martin Custom Shop are experts at this. And when you open the case and you pull it out and you get on stage with this thing, everybody in the room is going to believe you're playing a, a vintage Martin from the late 40s, early 50s, because uh, of the rounded corners of the headstock that uh, come from the old molds that had slowly lost their crisp edges. So they call them dog ear headstocks. And both headstocks have been beat up somewhat the real ones it's got lots of cool uh, vintagey things the tuners are clusons that were made at cluson and relics at cluson to look like really old tuning machines but of course they tune very well and they don't you know they don't wobble around like you get in real vintage guitar tuners so uh, it's got a cosmetic long saddle so it's not a real glued in long saddle like you get in the in the Vintage series, but it's a regular drop-in, so you can put an undersaddle pickup in there if you want, but it has the cosmetic wings. But one thing that's unique that the artist specifically uh, wanted to have, it's got very uh, thin wings on the bridge, and they've been smoothed out. They've been planed out and, and sanded off so you don't get that edge of the bridge by the bridge pin when, you, when you're palm muting. It doesn't dig into your hand and start to cut off the the nerve in your hand. And he does a lot of palm muting. It was the one thing he wanted changed from his 1954 uh, D28 was to have that uh, bridge smoothed out and that, ed, you know, that pointy edge uh, taken care of. But um, very cool instrument. It's got the big white pure mother of pearl dots that reflect like a rainbow when the light hits them on the fretboard. And um, it's a humdinger of a replica of a particular 1954 D28 that happens to be owned by Rich Robinson of the Black Crows. So somewhere out there, somebody's listening and they're a nitpicker and they're not going to buy this at all because the saddle <laughs> isn't pointy enough and the tuners work. <laughs> it's possible. It also has some other unique things. That the, uh, the finish is different. It's unlike any other finish that's actually been used. It's an aged, uh, what they're calling a satin finish. So it's kind of a lower gloss, but um, they wanted to replicate that finish that had really thinned out. So, um, so that's unique. That, you know, really, they did a really good job on all of the, on all of the little things that uh, make a, a guitar look truly uh, like a 60, almost 70 year old guitar. Let's pause for a moment and listen to a sound sample of a Martin Artist Edition guitar. This is the D28 Rich Robinson.
that model sounds really cool. I got to play one a few times, and we certainly do hope to get some of those in stock sooner than later. Thank you very much, Charles, for giving us the idea. Yeah, thanks, Charles. We have time for one more instrument on today's Artist Model Custom Edition Mishmash show. And ironically, it's a celebrity artist that we actually know. I can't wait to talk about the D42 Special. And although it's not called the D42 Dick Boke, it really could have been. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, we've mentioned Dick Boke uh, multiple times. He started at Martin as a draftsman and uh, worked his way up. He is an absolute prince of a human being and has worn a lot of hats at Martin uh, for a long time. He was running their, their, their first sort of gift shop and the thing where you sell uh, guitar parts two people that they became known as the Guitar Makers Connection. Then he ended up as head of artist relations for many years and was a wonderful ambassador for uh, Martin in the world. But also with all of those signature models, he's got wonderful stories uh, about the, making the signature models and his relationships with people like Willie Nelson and Paul Simon and Steve Miller and you know on and on and on. And he was at Martin at a time when they got their very first laser etching machine. And he had got it. Uh, well, you know the story. I'll let you tell the story. You know, I think the story even better than I do. Why don't you talk about <laughs> where, where this idea all came from? You're going to make me say it. Okay, well, Dick, if you're listening, I say this with love. Uh, you told me the story and you laughed while you told it to me. So I have to appreciate that you think it's as funny as we're going to think it is. But going back, this might be 25 years old. Dick Boke had the idea to engrave a pickguard with, a, I guess it's a floral pattern, or I'm probably not going to describe the actual picture that well. But he thought it would be awesome to take a pickguard and engrave it in a printer. But back then, the technology really wasn't ready for that kind of thing. And as the story goes, they put this piece of pick guard in the printer it caught on fire and he said quote it almost went up the dust collector and if you can picture what a factory environment is someplace like martin if there's a small fire that's one problem if there's a small fire that goes up the dust collector you got another problem and he laughed you know pretty vividly when he told me that the way that it went down but they didn't lose the idea that whole thing got shelved and and he basically said that was that and i doubt that they uh you know, revisited that idea anytime soon, but they did revisit it last year. And Spoon, you might remember better than me, but I think something happened in the archives or there was a situation where it accidentally got found out about again. And either Dick found out about it and brought it to Chris or vice versa. But the fact that this whole forgotten idea resurfaced in 2021, both Chris Martin and Dick were excited about bringing it back to life. And they got together with ProWorks to make it happen a fire-free way. <laughs> that's right. When you say dust collector, I don't think a lot of people understand. That's uh, the vacuums that suck up all of the sawdust that's in the air from all the sawing and sanding and all that. So basically, it was basically going to go up into a gigantic reservoir of kindling and, uh, and burn the plant down. <laughs> but uh, fortunately, that didn't happen. And yeah, he, they call it a floral pattern. In my uh, view, it's more, I would say, uh, I would say it's more botanical. It has a lot of very slender stems and leaves and, and sprouts and all this stuff. It's very ornate, very, very interesting. Uh, Dick is a, a, a very good artist who's done a lot of uh, very complicated drawings over the years. And he came across the original drawing is what happened in his own personal papers. Uh, some of you may know that Dick's been retired now for several years from Martin Guitar. And he actually showed it to Chris Martin as they still remain close friends. And Chris really liked it. And instead of trying to do his original idea, he wanted to have it inlaid with abalone pearl. And so he actually asked Dick to take the, uh, his design for that pick guard and expand that design to the fretboard and ultimately it went to the fretboard and the headstock and the bridge and then it was decided to put it together in style 42 which means you have abalone around the edge of the top but also around that fretboard extension that comes down to the sound hole that i call the fret insula and it's just really uh, stunning particularly in person with the beautiful pearl work 
that was done by Pearlworks, as you say, two different uh, artisans at Pearlworks. They had to uh, they had to change the design of the, of the original pickguard a little bit to make it work to have enough room to be able to inlay the pearl. But then after they they came up with that, then they came up with the entire motif. So it's a it was a very nice gesture for Martin to do this for Dick. I know he's just tickled pink about this and was really proud of it to be at the NAM show with it and. It was a, it's a, uh, a magnificent piece of inlay artist's crafts. And it has high quality, top quality Indian rosewood back and sides, top quality citrus spruce top, uh, the antique white binding and forward shifted scallop bracing that you get on the, I won't even call it normal D42 since there's nothing normal about those fantastic guitars. But it is a, uh, it is a, a fitting uh, tribute to somebody who's, dedicated so many years to um, not just working at Martin, but but keeping Martin on the right track in terms of doing things the right way. Absolutely. And you might agree with me that if Martin had to come up with any other name for the Martin Guitar Company, it probably could have been called Boke. Well, there's certainly, if there's any name not Martin that is more associated with Martin over the past 40 years or so, it's certainly Dick Boke, and for a very good reason. So... So, yeah, congratulations, Dick, on the fabulous guitar. Definitely uh, a deserved honor. And congratulations, Staley, because that was your idea to talk about that instrument. And we appreciate everybody who took time to answer our poll on YouTube. And we really do mean it. If there's something you'd like us to talk about on this podcast, please let us know at support at marismusic.com. Spoon and I are having a great time getting together every week, and we really do appreciate your input. Well said. Well, Spoon, you know what the music means. That printer's on fire, and we got to go. <laughs> okay, I'm ready with the water. <laughs> From all of us at Maury's Music, thanks for listening. Hear you later. This has been a presentation of Maury's Music, your trusted source for Martin and Blue Ridge guitars. Find us online at maurysmusic.com. Is that how you put a print to fire out with water, or do you have like a chemical thing? I, I should have said something like, but unplug it first, but oh well. Don't try this at home, kids. <laughs>